Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome to the I'm Persuaded podcast. I'm Travis Shelton, and today on this first episode, I want to do three different things. Number one, I want to introduce myself to some of you that might not know who I am. Secondly, I want to explain why I chose the title, I Am Persuaded. And thirdly, I want to explain my heart and my burden and my prayer behind why I'm doing this podcast in the first place. But before I do that, I want to explain to you guys where you can listen to this podcast at and where you can get notifications about each episode that I upload. So if you have an Apple device, that's an iPhone, an iPad, a MacBook, an iMac, it should come automatically downloaded with the Apple Podcast app. You can go to that app, it's free, and type in I Am Persuaded. There it will pull up the podcast and you can subscribe and like it and that will give you notifications every time I post a new episode. If you do not have an iPhone or a MacBook, you have an Android, you can go to Spotify and there you can subscribe to the podcast as well just by typing in I Am Persuaded and it will notify you each time I post an episode. If you don't have Spotify and you don't have an Apple device, you can still just type in on Google TravisSheltonMinistries.com and there there's an I Am Persuaded link. Under that link will be all of my episodes and you can click on which one you want to listen to. You can follow along on social media and know when I post a new episode. That way you can go to the website and listen to it that way. I want to start today by introducing myself. I am My name is Travis Shelton, as I said in the beginning, and the Lord's really given me a burden for young people. So a little bit about my background. I'm the full-time youth pastor at Beulah Baptist Church in Bennett, North Carolina, where Dr. Neil Jackson is the senior pastor. And a lot's changed in my life in the past couple of months. I got married in December. I graduated Veritas Baptist College with a bachelor's in ministry, focusing in pastoral ministry. And really, as I've been studying in that degree, the Lord was shaping me and developing in me for full-time youth ministry. I often said when I started out in college four years ago, I never wanted to do youth ministry. But it seems like through these four years, God has just knitted my heart and given me such a burden and a passion for the students and the teenagers of our community and in our globe. And so I'm committed, and the Lord has really just impressed on my heart to do something, to do all that I can for the young people of just this generation. And so that's my prayer and that's my burden right now uh, in my life, in my ministry. And so this podcast could be one of the avenues that, that the Lord could use to reach the next generation. So I want to explain to you really quickly why I chose the title, I Am Persuaded. That word, Those three words, I am persuaded, mean a great deal to me because it, there's a time in my life when I was not fully persuaded that Jesus Christ was able But through the study of the word, through uh, preaching of the gospel, through prayer, and through seeking the Lord's face, I can now fully say with 100% confidence, I am persuaded that he is able in my life. And so why I'm doing this is as I look back on my life, the past five, six, seven, eight years, as I was in high school, as I was a teenager, and I was in youth group, there was something that I longed for. There was something that I wish I had. And that was someone that was not necessarily a parent. That was someone that had recently graduated high school or recently left my shoes, so to speak. And they had lived where I was. They had been through what I'm going through. And so, and that person, I wish that person would have been there to say, hey, study God's word. Hey, live godly. Hey, 
Focus your relationship right now on Jesus and don't focus on all of this other stuff. I wish I would have had that in my life. And so the Lord really, before I took this job as a youth pastor, before I graduated college, the Lord has really just been pushing me to be that person in so many different teenagers' lives. And I don't know if I am, but the Lord has really just really given me such a burden to do above and beyond for this generation. So the issue that I've seen as I'm working with teenagers and as I'm working with students, in just a few short years in ministry, I've seen this firsthand. Older Christians, younger Christians, middle-aged Christians. We all know about God. Some of us even know what the Scripture says about God. Some of us can explain deep doctrines of the Bible. Some of us can't. But so often, many Christians simply refuse to pray, and they refuse to read our Bibles, read their Bibles. And so two core things that are vital, that are essential to our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that is prayer, that is our communication with him. So it can be said as simple as this, say you're married and you never speak to your spouse, you never communicate with your spouse, that relationship is not going to go well. And that's the same thing with us and Jesus. We're married to him. He is our bridegroom. We are his bride. And so if we're never communicating with him through the means of prayer, our relationship is never going to grow. Our relationship is going to be on the rocks. And then secondly, reading the Bible, that is God's inspired word. Literally, God is not going to come and sit in a chair and talk to you. But what he has given you is 66 books of his very word. And so he desires for you and I as his children, as his church, to spend daily time in his word because it's through his word that he corrects us. It's through his word that he instructs us. It's through his word that he shapes us into the Christ-like person that he desires for us to be. But it seems like the common problem among Christians, young and old alike, is they fail to pray and they fail to read their Bibles. And I know it's true in teenagers' lives today, and I know it's true because I once was a teenager and not too long ago, and I remember in high school, it was hard for me to read my Bible. It was hard for me to pray. And simply, it wasn't that I couldn't find the words to pray. It wasn't that I didn't have the time to read my Bible or I didn't know how to read my Bible. It was simply my priorities were out of whack. My priorities were all over the place. I prioritized everything over Jesus and his word, and I left his word just to sit on the coffee table, so to speak, throughout the week. And so I longed for that person that would instruct me, that would push me, that would motivate me to spend time with God and for me to figure out in my life that he is able. And so far too often, Christians, old and young, they're simply not persuaded that he is able in their life. Many Christians claim they believe God, but when up against a circumstance, the question that arises is this. Have you prayed about the issue? And have you seen what God's word has to say about this issue? That's the first question we should ask ourselves when we're faced with any type of circumstance. For example, I'm recording this podcast in the year 2020 when we're living in uncertain days, when we're living in a time unlike anything in history that my generation, my parents' generation, and even my grandparents' generation have faced. A time in our life when restaurants are shut down, malls are shut down, we can't even congregate in our church right now because of what's going on. And the question we must ask the church, the born-again believers, is have you prayed about this issue 
And have you seen what God's word has to say about this issue? Not just with this pandemic, but with anything in your life. When a kid goes wayward or when your parents are are having a tough time or when you're having a hard time at school, or the list could go on and on. But the question that needs to be asked is have you prayed about this issue and have you looked in God's word to see what he has to say about this issue? And when I ask that question to many teenagers, I'm shocked with how many people tell me no. They haven't prayed. They haven't seeked God's word for answers. And so the reason the last thing we do is turn to God is because far too often we believe that we in and of ourselves, we can fix this issue ourselves. So typically in the life of a Christian, what you see play out and what I have seen play out in three, four short years of ministry is we have an issue. We have a problem, but instead of turning to the one that can fix it on the spot, we try so many different avenues, we try so many different circumstances, we try so many different ways to fix it ourselves. Many times we count on money, education, friends, family, a plethora of things that we try to fix the issues with, and in reality, none of that's going to work. When we, in the beginning, when we should have turned to God, we should have seen what his word had to say about the issue. We could have found relief a whole lot sooner. But the reality is, in your life, if that's you, you've simply never been fully persuaded that Jesus Christ is able in your life. And that is why our verse and our prayer for this podcast is 2 Timothy 1.12. The Bible verse says, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. The Apostle Paul here writing to a young Timothy, he says, For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able. And so that right there is why I've chosen this title, I Am Persuaded. My prayer is that through listening to this podcast, through listening to the various episodes, is that you will leave with a better understanding that Jesus Christ, your Savior, Jesus Christ, the one that paid for your sins, the one that offers you eternal life, he's able in your life. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, and he's your Savior. He is your best friend. And so that is why I've chosen this verse and this title to be our prayer for this podcast. This verse alludes to a few things in our life as believers. It begins with the Apostle Paul. Now, a lot of times when we think of Paul, we think of, man, the super Christian. This guy, he evangelized cities. He evangelized nations. This guy, ever since he stood up on the road to Damascus, he lived a sold-out, committed life to Jesus. And oftentimes we think a guy like that had his life all put together. He never had circumstances. He never had failures. He never had tough situations in his life. But Paul makes it very clear that as a teacher and follower of God's word, he went through many different trials. He went through many different circumstances where he suffered even. And so as you study Paul, you do not see Paul complaining though, but yet you see Paul praising You don't see Paul living down in the gutter, but yet you see Paul living on high tops with Jesus, even if he's in prison. How can that be so? Look at the if you if you have your Bibles and you're looking at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, he says, For which for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. Paul starts off, he says, I'm not ashamed. 
I'm not ashamed of what I go through. And the verse starts off, for which cause I also suffer. If you would look at verse 11 of this chapter, he says, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. And so he's saying, because of who I am in Jesus, because of the calling that's placed on my life as an apostle, as a teacher, as a preacher of the gospel to the Gentiles, I suffer. If you look at the life of Paul, many times he was thrown in a Roman prison. He was thrown in jail just for his stance on the gospel. Many times he was uh, walking from city to city, probably not knowing where his next meal was coming from or not knowing where he would lay his head. Paul suffered a great deal of suffering in his life, all for the cause of Christ. But So how could Paul still rest his head? How could Paul still have such joy even in the midst of chaos? Simply, he was persuaded that Jesus Christ was able in his life. And for that reason, Paul said, I'm not ashamed. He writes that again in Romans chapter 1. He's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's not ashamed because he knows who Jesus is. In America, we are blessed beyond measure with the freedom of worship. We're blessed beyond measure to be able to open up God's word each and every Sunday, gather corporately as the church and meet in unity with each other. And we're blessed to have that as an opportunity. But so many times we are ashamed to share and preach the gospel. And it all comes down to the fact that we're not persuaded that Jesus will take care of us. We're not persuaded that Jesus is enough in our life. And so too often we are fearful and we are ashamed to ever speak up about Jesus. So why was Paul not ashamed and how was he persuaded? Look at the verse. It says, For I know whom I have believed. Right there's the key. Right there is the answer to how Paul could face difficult circumstances, to how Paul could face uh, situations in his life where he could have never thought he would be, how Paul in the midst of prison could sing praises to the Lord. How could Paul do that? Because Paul, on the road to Damascus, when he seen Jesus Christ in his full glory, to Paul, that was enough. Paul's basically saying one thing, one glimpse of who Jesus Christ truly is, that's fully enough in any Christian's life. Paul had literally seen the nail prints on his hands. He had heard him, Acts recalls, he had heard Jesus say, I am Jesus. What? Look at the life of Paul. He went through a great deal of pain. He went through a great deal of suffering, but yet one glimpse of who Jesus Christ is. One phrase, hearing the Lord say, I am Jesus, seeing the nail prints on his hands, that leads Paul to say, I am persuaded because I know whom I have believed in. I know where my trust is. My trust is not in a dead statue. My trust is not in mankind. My trust is not in my money. My trust is not even in my ministry. But my trust is in the one that paid for my sins. My trust, my hope, my belief is in the one that has offered me eternal life. And friend, that's true with you. Today, if you've placed your faith, hope, and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior. Do you know who you've believed in? You've believed in the Son of God. You've believed in the one that came to earth 2,000 years ago to offer you the free gift of eternal life. He was sinless. 
He was perfect. He was righteous in all of his ways. When he came to earth, he was 100% God in his deity, but yet he was 100% man in his humanity. While he lived on earth, he was tempted just like we are, yet without sin. He was our perfect substitute at the year 30, at the age 30. He began his public ministry as he healed people, as he brought the dead to life. But that wasn't his main agenda. His main agenda was simply this, to call sinners to repentance. He wanted to seek and save that which was lost. And so as Jesus Christ walked the earth for three years with his disciples following him, he was looking to one thing, that's the cross. And at the age 33, Jesus Christ willingly went to the cross. The crucifixion is a death uh, that was for the vilest of criminals. But here you have an innocent man walking willingly to a hill called Calvary. There he hung, he bled, and he died so that you and I could go free, so that you and I could have eternal life. He was then placed in a borrowed tomb. Three days later, he arose again, defeating death, hell, and the grave. And now through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he offers us the eternal life and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that's going to empower us. And so Paul says this, I know whom I have believed in. I've believed in the one that offered his very life for me. I've believed in the very one that shed his own blood for me. And because of who he is. I am persuaded. The phrase in the Greek, I am persuaded, gives us the picture or the idea of making a deposit in the bank. Paul was not making deposits in an earthly treasure, but Paul was making deposits in heavenly treasure. Paul was working, striving, and persuaded, believing in Jesus, anticipating the day when he gets to see Jesus Christ again, or when he gets to see Jesus Christ face-to-face in heaven. The fact is, Jesus is the same to us as he was to Paul. We have the same hope. We have the same belief. We have the same ability to be making deposits into heavenly treasure. But today, why are so many Christians not persuaded? Simply true, Simple truth right here. Because we do not truly know him. Now, I'm not talking about knowing him on the level of salvation. Yes, we're saved. We're the church. We're born again. But we do not know him on a deeper level. We do not know him on a level where we're conforming. We're being made like him. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, he says this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable Unto his death. That's the type of knowledge that we need of Jesus so that we can be persuaded that he is able. Listen, if we just have a head knowledge of saying, Yeah, I know who Jesus is, I know what Jesus has done for me, I know what Jesus even offers me, but I truly don't know him, you're never going to be persuaded that he is able. You're never going to be persuaded that he can take care of you. You're never going to be persuaded that he will be right there with you through no matter what circumstance you're facing. And so that's why Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3, his personal goal in ministry, his personal goal in his own life is that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. 
So you say, why does Paul want to know him so bad? Very simple application here. Imagine you and your best friend or you and your wife or you and your husband or you and your brothers and sisters. If you know someone very well, eventually you're going to start acting like that person. Eventually you're going to start saying different things that that person says. Maybe they say one word or they say a phrase that you've never said before. But as you hang out with them more, as you get acquainted with them more, you become, in essence, like them because you spend so much time with them. That's the idea here with what Paul is saying, that I may know him. He's saying the more that you get into the word, the more that you communicate with Jesus through prayer, the more that you're going to become like him. Listen, the goal of the Holy Spirit on the inside of a believer is sanctification. That is the day-by-day, moment-by-moment, step-by-step process of you and I becoming like Jesus Christ. But we're not going to be be conformed to him if we're not striving to know him more. And so if we're not truly understanding who Jesus is, if we're not truly believing on who he is, we're never going to be persuaded that he is able. My prayer through this conversation is that God's word would penetrate your soul, that God's word through these different conversations that we're going to have on this podcast, some devotion style, uh, some interview style, is that you would hear something and the Holy Ghost would take one word or one verse and penetrate your soul so that you can leave fully believing that Jesus Christ is able. And you will end these episodes with a better understanding of who Jesus is and what he offers you. And you can leave being fully persuaded that he is able. Really quickly before we close, I want to explain just how this podcast is going to work. My prayer and my plan is I want to post once a week so that you guys are getting an episode at least once a week. They're not going to be the same every week, but my prayer for what they're going to be is sometimes it'll be just me like this episode, just talking, maybe explaining a verse, just being an encouragement. Sometimes they're going to be directed towards just the teenagers, just the youth group. Sometimes they're going to be directed towards the parents of teenagers. Sometimes they're going to be directed towards youth ministers and youth pastors and youth leaders. Sometimes they're going to be directed towards pastors. Sometimes they're going to be directed towards uh, just the church in general and sometimes even the lost. And so there's content here for everyone that will tune in. And I pray that you will leave being persuaded that he is able. Sometimes it'll be just me talking, as I said, but then sometimes I will interview other pastors or I will bring in other ministry leaders from around our communities and maybe even from around our our country that they can come and explain exactly how they are persuaded that Jesus Christ is able. Listen, today I'm praying for you. God bless you. I thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of I'm Persuaded. God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.